And so every three years, the way our lectionary works, we roll around to the Gospel of Mark for our Easter reading. And you'll notice that this young man who was sitting in the tomb told them to go tell Peter and the disciples. And instead, our scripture tells us that they fled from the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now it seems rather abrupt. And the scribes that, that, that wrote out Mark and the monks who copied out Mark, they weren't really pleased with the ending of the Gospel of Mark. It ends with, for they were afraid. And so they added some things. There's another sentence that comes after that somebody added in. We didn't even number that one. And then there's a short ending where somebody later came along and filled out the story a little bit more to, let, to end it on a little higher note. And then somebody came along and said, well, I can do even better than that. And they wrote the long ending for Mark. And so the long ending for Mark is one that just really lifts things up. But they're not written in the same um, language, the same, I mean, they're written in the same language, they're not, what's the word I'm looking for? Help me out here. Huh? Same voice. This voice, yeah. So, um, yeah, so anyway, they, um, they're totally different voices, and so it's, it shows that it's not from Mark. And so the debate amongst lots of clergy this week has been, what ending are we going to use? And I said, well, I'm going to end it where Mark ended it. I'm going to just stop right there with, for they were afraid. So they go to this empty tomb, and they're petrified. You know, here's some guy, they are risen, you want me to go tell somebody, nobody's going to believe me, they're going to accuse us of taking the body. What happened to the guard that the Romans had on the tomb? This was not looking good for Mary Magdalene and Mary, Jesus' mother, and Solomon. They had come so they could anoint his body. And they got there, and he was gone, and they were terrified. Everything that they knew, all the assurances that they had had, seemed to just vanish. They at least still had his body, and now even that was gone. So they ran away in fear and in silence. We've had a year of trembling. If there's ever been a year of trembling in my lifetime, this has been it. We are afraid of being together. We're brokenhearted not being together. Life 
just turned itself upside down. And we've lived our year in fear. In fear of some tiny little virus. In fear of what it means to the fabric of our community and, and our society when we have been so separated. Even when we do go out and have our masks on, we can't see the expression on someone's face. You can smile with your eyes, and then there's nice little crinkles in the eye. That's lovely to see from somebody. But that's about all you get. And so we are at a place where we are trembling and afraid. And we also find that so often we're silent about it. We're not talking about the mental health implications that this has had on our lives. We're not talking about how folks are dealing with grief without being able to have a community to grieve with. We are in a time where we are silent And we are just trying to bear up under this time that's been like no other. But Peter tells us, as Peter always does, you know, that not to lose heart. Don't lose heart because God anointed Jesus with power. A power that is so strong that it does not end in death. Jesus was ordained as judge of both the living and the dead. And we know that Jesus has risen from the tomb because we know the rest of the story. We also know that God put eternity into our hearts. And so as shocking as it might seem that death was overcome with by life, we realize that we shouldn't be surprised at all. Because we've been looking for that sign of eternity. We've been looking for that promise and they looked all through the Old Testament. Where are those promises of, of what comes next? Now, I know I've used this before, but it's the way I always sort of understand this concept. It's one of the things that really makes us humans. Now, I don't know if some of the higher apes and dolphins, I, I, I don't know when they actually think about these things, but for the most part, I have experience with household pets. I can tell you about cats and dogs and ducks, which is what I currently have. I can also take, tell you about gerbils and hamsters and mice and guinea pigs and uh, parakeets and cockatoos and, and a bunch of other assorted birds. And I have never seen any of them that seem to be pondering what comes next. I've never seen them 
seem to worry about what's after this, or where did my buddy go when they died? And I will tell you, they go to heaven, just in case. Do you want to know? All animals go to heaven. It's us humans that have to work with it. All animals go to heaven. So we've got these animals who aren't even worried about it, aren't even wondering about it. You don't see them outside, staring up at the night sky, wondering, just wondering, what's really out there? How was this created? How did this come to be? How did all of this were made in God's likeness? And I think we have some of God's curiosity. We come to Easter wanting to put all of our hope into the promise Jesus makes. And we know, because we've thought a lot about this, we've thought a lot about what comes next after this life. We've also thought about, in our darkest moments of despair, who was going to lift us out of this. Peter calls on all the people to be witnesses to the death, resurrection, and power of love. And I'm telling you that as the church, that's what we are called to this Easter morning, to witness to the death of Jesus Christ, to the resurrection, and that power of love that broke the bonds of death. And we know that if that love is strong enough to break the bonds of death, it's strong enough to lead us out of despair. It's strong enough to lead us into hope and glory. Because what God gives us through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, our Savior, is bigger than our fear. It will conquer our fear because God goes before us. Because Jesus said, I will never leave you. Because Jesus said, this is the way to live. Love one another. Love one another. It all boils down to that. Love one another. And it's louder. The power of Christ is louder than our silence. The power of Christ unsettles us. The power of Christ makes us look and see things we would rather turn away from. And the power of Christ calls us to witness and to use our voices to proclaim the good news. This power that we are witnessing to this morning is the power of life over death. It's the power of promise and hope, 
You know, Jeremiah the prophet said, you know, the word says, I give you a future and a hope. In this year, we need hope more than ever. We're so close, but not there yet. It's so hard to be in that already, but not yet place. We are caught in the middle of a Benadite. And as we leave here, we take into our hearts that this promise is for us. It's for me. It's for all of you. It is for the world. Jesus' power is bigger than fear and louder than silence. And when we witness to that, we're able to overturn with our love the brokenness of the world. And so let us witness to Christ this Easter and every day in Jesus' name. Amen.